0: What's up everybody and welcome back to another episode of No BS Finance. Today we are moving on to the next part in the investment series and we are talking about ETFs. Super excited for this episode. I know I say that about pretty much every episode, but this one I'm super excited for because it gives me, it gives all of us, all of us, you guys, some background into what I've been talking about regarding ETFs in the past episodes. I feel like I talked them up a lot and now we're finally getting into it, so I'm stoked. But as always, got to get into some administrative stuff before that. So this podcast is solely for informational purposes and is not meant as investment advice. My email, my Instagram, they're in the show notes if you want to ask some questions or you have any real-life scenarios you want me to cover on the podcast. Um, If you're interested in a one-on-one consult uh, because you want something a little bit more personalized, shoot me an email, shoot me a message on Instagram and I'm happy to help out in any way. With that being said, let's kick off this episode on ETFs. So, as mentioned, we are going to be talking about ETFs today. I'll talk about what they are, how they work, why they're so popular, and why they might work for you. But, to start this episode, I'm actually going to backtrack to last episode. Um, I realized that I missed some definitions, and I also want to firm up my stance on something that has kind of come up. So, to start, in the last episode, I talked about short selling, or shorting a stock, which means I'm betting on the stock to go down, When you normally buy a stock and wait for it to go up, that is called longing or going long on a stock. So I wanted to clarify that. Also, you might have heard the term bear, bull, or bearish, bullish, that kind of term. Um, This is just finance jargon. And essentially, if you are bearish on something, you are pessimistic about it or believe it will go down. Another way you might hear it is this is a bear market, meaning that a lot of people are selling and the market is trending downwards. Now, on the opposite end, we have bullish, which means you are optimistic and are buying. So a bull market market would be a buyer's market and the market is trending upwards. You're really optimistic about it. So I I wanted to clarify those two terms, um, finance lingo, uh, just things to be aware of. The last thing I want to cover is regarding why I didn't recommend um, specific stocks to pick. Um, There are a few reasons. The first is that I don't have a crystal ball. So to kind of go into this, the stock market could crash tomorrow for all I know. It could also go to all new highs tomorrow. I have no idea. So I could recommend Tesla based on previous historical performance. And then have it tank the next day and everybody be like, what the fuck, Nick? Why'd you recommend Tesla? Like, it could go that way. The stock market is a little bit like gambling, especially if you are picking one stock, which is going to lead me into a bit of a rant here. And I'm sorry if you don't like my rants, but I'm going to get into it. People who promote a specific stock or will go on YouTube or will go on their podcast and go, oh, these three stocks are going to absolutely kill it for you in 2023, How the fuck would you know if this stock is going to kill it in 2023? As I mentioned before in our previous podcast, in order to know with 100% certainty if a stock is going to kill it, you'd have to have insider information, and then it's illegal to let everybody know that. You'd have to have information that nobody else has, and you'd have to share it with everybody, which would, in turn, get you fucked by the SEC. So it doesn't make any sense. I hate when people fucking spew this bullshit about being like oh this stock is gonna make you so much money this year and like maybe they're right maybe based on historical performance you could go okay this stock is trending upwards and it looks like it's gaining good momentum but even then say they come out with a first quarter performance and it sucks ass like the stock could tank and then they're Fucking predictions just go up in flames. It's absolute horseshit. So, if anybody, if any financial broker, advisor, anything like that tells you that this stock is going to fucking do super well this year, fire their ass or fucking leave and never talk to them again or call them out on their bullshit. It's bullshit and I hate when people do it. Whew. Oh, sorry. Bit of a rant there, but it does piss me off. Like, it's, it's fucking ridiculous how people will make these claims that something is going to do really well when it makes no sense. Um, so sorry, that's my rant on people picking stocks. I, I don't believe in it. Um, you, you can make an educated guess, but essentially you don't know, you don't know if a stock is going to do well. Um, and that's one of the reasons that I'm not going to tell you to pick a certain stock because I can't guarantee that it's going to do well. And along with that, I also don't know your personal situation. Like, I don't know if you have money to blow where you're like, Oh, like, If I lose all this money, it's fine. Like for some people, every dollar might matter. Or for other people where it could be like, ah, like if I lose a 100 bucks, if I lose a 1,000 bucks, if I lose $10,000, it's not a big deal. So that's a long way of describing as to why I don't pick individual stocks, especially on a podcast to a broad audience like this. If it was more of a one-on-one situation, I could provide better knowledge um, because I know your personal situation and I could give some educated guesses on some good stocks to pick for your situation, but that's just generally why I don't do it on the podcast. Too big of an audience, uh, too, uh, too risky, I guess, and I got to hedge my bets here. Um, and also, I just don't believe in people speaking to a broad audience and saying this stock is guaranteed to do well. Um, it's bullshit, and I don't believe in it. So with that out of the way, let's talk about the main topic today, which is ETFs. So ETFs stand for exchange-traded funds. Essentially, ETFs are a type of pooled investment security, meaning that it incorporates a lot of underlying stocks slash securities and factors it into one price or investment. So when I say securities, that could be anything from common shares, preferred shares, it could be bonds, which we'll get into, um, it could be GICs, which we'll get into. Um, any sort of like fixed income, equity, anything like that. But so are a type of pooled investment security. So let's take an example. If I had Amazon, Tesla, Apple, and Microsoft, and I combined these securities or I pooled them, so they're all in this little pool, and Basically, I put a price on that pool of investments, let's say $100. So I have Amazon, Tesla, Apple, Microsoft in this pool of securities, and this pool of securities is now $100. Yes, I know $100 is low, but that's the example. Um, so that could technically be an ETF. Um, obviously, that's a very high level and not totally accurate, but it gives you, it gives you an idea of how an ETF works. So it has like these, this pool slash grouping of securities, and then it puts a price on it. So ETFs will usually track um, a particular index like the S&P 500, the Dow Jones, something like that. It can track an industry like the financial sector, the energy sector, uh, tech, something like that. It can track a commodity like gold, oil, silver, something like that, or just a sector. Um, So you could technically have an ETF that tracks tech stocks only or something that tracks the S&P 500 or something that tracks the price of oil, as I just kind of said. Um, the one huge bonus to an etf is that they can be traded on an exchange just like a normal stock this is vastly different from a mutual fund which we'll get into on the next episode um, and is a huge benefit because now you don't have to go through a broker um, to invest in an etF as i mentioned in the previous episode you could go on to a well simple or a quest trade or something like that and you can actively invest in these etfs But because they're on an exchange, the price of the ETF will fluctuate like an individual stock. That's unlike a mutual fund. Mutual funds work a little bit differently. But because these ETFs are on there, they are volatile as well, just like normal stocks. ETFs can also contain all types of investments, stocks, bonds, preferred shares, commodities, like gold, oil, stuff like that. and. There are just many different types of ETFs. There's currency ETFs, there's bond ETFs, there's stock ETFs, industry ETFs, like so many different types. But they all work the same way, meaning that they are based on the value of the underlying asset. So, now that we've covered how they work, the question is why are they so popular? I'd say that there are two main reasons as to why they're so popular. The first being the diversification aspect. Now, I've touched on diversification a few times, but I wanna get more into it now so you guys understand how this works. Um, you guys have probably heard of it outside of this as well. So diversification is a way to de-risk your investments. Um, diversification can look like investing in securities from different industries, so tech versus energy, energy, um, different countries, so investing in USA stocks versus um, European stocks different types, so I can invest in stocks, bonds, or GICs, or even market capitalization, which would be like super large companies versus smaller companies, something like that. And what this does is it makes sure that you don't have all your eggs in one basket. Um, That was the best way that it was ever described to me, and I wanna get into some examples to kind of portray this. So, two examples here. So let's say person A, they have $10,000 to spend, and they invest $5,000 in Suncor and $5,000 in Synovus, which are both uh, oil companies. Let's say in a month. So they invested last month and now it's been a month. Oil supply worldwide has increased. Energy prices have dropped and gas prices have dropped. These two oil companies, let's say, they take a serious beating and their stock price goes down 30% each. So person A has now lost 30% and they're left with $7,000 after a month. So they went from $10,000 to $7,000. Now, we have person B who has that same $10,000 to invest. Similarly, similarly to person A, they put money into SunCore, but they only put $1,000. And they also put $1,000 in Synovus. So they've invested $2,000 into those two companies, But unlike them, they're going to do $2,000 into Apple, $2,000 into gold, $3,000 into a European bond, and $1,000 into RBC. Now, the same thing happens. The same conditions as above, and oil tanks and Synovus and Suncor both lose 30% each. But at the same time, gold is up 5%, RBC is up 3%, you receive $200 in investment income from your bonds, and Apple has stayed constant. Now, instead of losing $3,000 like person A, you've only lost $270. And that's after I did the math. But you kind of see the power of diversification. So as opposed to investing only in two stocks and losing $3,000, you've invested in a wide range of things across different sectors, across different countries and commodities, and you only lost $270. So now you can kind of see how that works. And that is what ETFs will do for you if you pick the right one. But like I said, so if you pick the right one, like one that tracks an index or something, the one that diversifies for you. But like I said, you can also pick an ETF that only tracks one industry or commodity. So you could Pick an ETF that works in the same way as person A is kind of invested where it's all in the energy sector, but you run the risk of not diversifying enough and having, that, um, having more risk to your investment. Um, the other reason ETFs are so popular is because of the lower brokerage fees and expense ratios. So when you buy and sell individual stocks, there will be brokerage commissions on each transaction. So if you buy a lot, these can add up whereas with an ETF you may only buy 10 units as opposed to 100 stocks so say i'm an investor and i want to track the S&P 500 and i want to do it myself i want to buy all these stocks individually those commission costs are going to add up whereas with an ETF i could be like okay i don't have to buy all these individual stocks i can just buy the ETF i can buy 10 units as opposed to 100 different stocks so you kind of save money there also Depending on the ETF, there can be lower fees if it's passively managed as opposed to actively managed. So passively managed means that there's no one behind the scenes buying and selling and changing the holdings of the underlying assets. So when an ETF is actively managed, there will be slightly higher fees because someone behind the scenes needs to get paid because they need to make sure that this ETF is still tracking the index appropriately or they're tracking this commodity appropriately and they want to make sure that it's as even as it can be. So there needs to be someone behind there buying and selling these underlying assets that drive the price of the ETF. So if you find a passively managed ETF, there will be less fees associated with it and those are kind of the ones you you want to get after for the most part, but they are becoming increasingly rare as actively managed ETFs are becoming um, more of a thing these days. So we've talked about what they are and why they're popular, but are they for you? The answer is probably. Um, the reasons are kind of as follows, and these are just things that we've kind of already talked about. So they're easily accessible. You can buy them on an online platform, or you can even go through your financial advisor. Um, They are fairly liquid. You can buy and sell them pretty easily and it does not take a lot of time. They help you diversify your portfolio without manually doing it all. You can target an entire industry or sector or you can just use it to track an entire index. You have access to a lot of securities that you may not normally have access to. And uh, one of the big bonuses that I actually didn't realize before I started investing in ETFs was you can also make dividends this way. So certain ETFs can pay out dividends from the underlying assets, which makes sense in hindsight, but I did not realize it. I'd say the biggest downside to ETFs, in my opinion, are the fees associated with actively managed ETFs. Um, And it's kind of hard to find a non-actively managed ETF um, these days. I feel like they're all starting to become actively managed. If anybody has some passively managed ones that are good, hit me up. That'd be awesome. Um, But even so, even with these fees, um, the fees aren't that big. And I think the peace of mind and the ease of investing in ETFs kind of make it worth it. Um, So finally, you might be thinking, Nick, what ETFs are the best? And I wouldn't say this is like stock picking. Um, they kind of all have their merits, to be honest. Um, I'm going to share the ones that I invest in. You can take it or leave it. You do not have to take this as, oh, I need to invest in this because Nick's doing it. By no means do that. Um, I encourage you to, to do your research, pick what works for you. But these are some that I'm invested in and they're all actively managed, by the way. So they do all have their fees. But I like them, they, they have historically pretty good performance. Um, but once again, like I mentioned before, they could go downwards with the market. So just putting that out there. So the first, I invest in three Vanguard ones and one JP Morgan. Um, the first one is just a Vanguard S&P 500 index ETF. It tracks the S&P 500. Um, I invest in a Vanguard all equity ETF. So this is stocks from across various industries. I do a Vanguard growth ETF portfolio, which invests in both stocks and fixed income. And then the last one is a JP Morgan ETF Trust Equity Premium Income ETF. What a mouthful that is. But you kind of get modest gains, um, but usually I'm kind of just in it for like the investment income that comes with it. It does provide some investment gains, but some pretty good investment income on top through dividends and and such. So those are the ones I use. Um, I chose them based on historical performance and Once again, by no means should you buy what I buy. Do your research. ETFs are fun to research. You can invest in them and kind of see how they go. You can pick an industry you want to invest in. It's fun stuff, guys. Um, There are a ton out there. And all you have to do is look up the ETFs that track input. Like, all you have to do is like literally Google, like go in Google and do ETF that tracks X, like put in your parameter and you'll find exactly what you're looking for. So will they work for you? I think they can probably work for everyone, um, especially in their savings goals, guys. They diversify really well. They're easily accessible. You can buy and sell them on a stock exchange. Um, In my eyes, it's kind of a no-brainer. All right, so we have covered everything ETFs today. Um, I hope you guys learned something new here, but just to summarize a few of the key points, ETFs are based on the underlying assets. It's a great way to diversify your portfolio, They're actively traded on the exchange. Um, I highly recommend them. I think they're awesome. And the last thing is don't listen to bullshit finance people that recommend stocks or guarantee that a stock is going to kill it next year. They're wrong and it's bullshit. So, with that final rant, um, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. I'm sorry if I got a little ranty, but I also hope that you guys kind of enjoyed me swearing a bit. That's always fun for me. Um, If you have questions, shoot me an email. Um, shoot me a message on Instagram. If you want something more personalized and custom suited to you, shoot me an email. We can set something up. And thanks again, everyone. Hope you have a great day and we will see you next week.